What is up, Mike Conley, Standout Truck King, Marketing and Cupcakes Podcast? We actually in the studio today at VentureX Holyoke. By the way, if you don't have office space and you're looking for office space, you want to go to VentureX.com slash Holyoke. Come on down, sign up, start with a day pass. They have one-person offices, two-person offices. I, I'm going to keep ranting and raving about this place because I love it. And if you need office space, just, just go to the website, book a tour, and and, and do what you got to do there. And that's my little sponsor spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> that, that laughter you hear, that's not, I'm, it's not me double laughing. I have the amazing Crystal Childs. Crystal's going to tell you all about what she does, but I, I just... I want you to understand what you're about to get into, okay? So Crystal is an amazing marketer, and for me to call someone an amazing marketer, they have to be amazing. She has this wonderful consultant business. She's going to talk all about it. But I love Crystal because she's one of those people in marketing that truly puts the client first. And there's a lot of BS in marketing, and people tell you everything that you want to hear, and they'll take your money, and then you don't get the results, and then you wonder why it's not working, but you don't realize it's because you got getting BS advice. Crystal's the kind of person that she keeps it straight shooter. She tells you exactly what you need, not what you need to hear, and this is why she's able to help so many businesses get results with marketing. So, Crystal, how are you doing? I am fantastic, Mike. Awesome. How are you? Life is good. I can't complain. No, it is good. It is good. So I want to jump right in. Let's tell us about your journey to marketing. I know when we met over at Starbucks, shout out to Starbucks, you said something about perception is reality. And that was how we ended up here today. But let's just talk about your journey. And I want you to get into that. We're just going to jump right in. Sure. You want me to tell like my whole story? Yeah, go ahead. So I was born, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I got into, I actually got into marketing, I don't want to say on accident, but I fell into it. I was, I started as a graphic designer over 20 years ago. Actually, pretty funny, I I used AI last night and I asked them uh, to write me up a little bio, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, been in this for 20 years. I'm like, make it funny, use use emojis, whatever. It came back, doing marketing since Y2K. And I was like, oh "Oh my God, that sounds terrible. We're not using that. We're not using that. Sometimes AI gets it wrong. Oh my God. Yeah, we're going to, nope, we'll just stick to 20 years. So 20 years ago, I landed into graphic design. Didn't land. That's what I went to school for. First semester in college. Wait, where'd you go to school? I went to HCC, Boyle Community. That's right. Shout out. My daughter actually goes there now as well. So definitely a big shout out. So first semester there, right? I was in several classes for graphic design. I was like, that's it. I want to to start my career right now. I started applying for jobs as a graphic designer 20 years ago, first semester in college. Got one. I have no idea how. I had no portfolio. I had nothing to show them. Because you're good. Yeah. And so then it just continued from there, right? Continued, obviously, school, but continued, went into graphic design at a newspaper after that and then started working. I was actually at Belize Motor Sales for 10 years in their marketing department. Wow. That was by far the best company I've ever worked for. That's really, awesome. can't say enough. Really learned a lot there. That is where my career really began, where I really decided it was marketing. It wasn't design, although I love design. I still mm-hmm, design. Mm-hmm. will always design. It was really where I learned everything, the PR strategy, a digital strategy. Social media had came about for businesses while I was there. It was about 2009, and it was, at that time, landing in the graphic designer's lap because no one else knew what to do with it. it, The graphic designer was the youngest coolest quote unquote if you will you're on the facebook right you you know how to use facebook can you do this for our company i'll try yeah and that's how really i started getting more into marketing 
And then obviously it just exploded from there. From there, I started doing speaking engagements and the whole nine. Really learned everything. PR. There's a lot of people out there that don't understand the crisis management, right? We had a lot of crisis situations yeah, that yeah. we had to deal with. And that was a really good experience for me. Um, so, yeah. And then after that, I opened up my own company, Splash Marketing Creative. It was in Westfield, the marketing agency. Sold it because my daughter really needed my attention. And then I consulted for several years, then went into cannabis, actually, and helped that industry for the last four years. What a wild ride that is. (laughs) I could tell you some stories. I thought the automotive industry was interesting. (laughs) Cannabis was a wild ride. And I really still do love that industry. And then I decided to go back into consulting. But this time, I've got a whole new strategy, if you will, or it's not really a marketing agency. That's not what we do. We don't do the marketing. I am a fractional CMO, right? I am an in-house consultant or an in-house graphic or graphic designer. See, I really want to be a graphic designer. (laughs) An in-house marketing director. Because there are so many people out there. There's so many organizations out there that they're at that point where they are not big enough to hire a full-time CMO or director, but Mm -hmm. they need it, right? They're in this like really weird, right? So their social media coordinator or marketing assistant isn't cutting it anymore. No offense to them, but they're growing, right? But they need someone else to come in and help them get over that line, push them. Yeah, tie up the loose ends. Exactly. Organize everything. Absolutely. Um, I'm really great at going in and establishing the budget if there isn't one, establishing a budget, um, holding them accountable to that budget, helping them build their strategies. If they have a marketing agency that they're currently working with, maybe there's a marketing coordinator and they've got a big agency that they're working with. What I'll do is I will say, okay, what's that agency doing for you? Mm. Let me sit down in some calls, right? Let me look at what you're spending there. Unfortunately, nine times out of 10, they're spending a lot of extra money they don't need to spend or they're not seeing the return on investment, right? Because in the end, and no... Nothing bad to say about marketing agencies. In the end, though, they really want to get you to spend a little bit more money. They're going to tell you, hey, if you increase your spend over here, we can do X, Y, Z. Okay. And you're really following their lead. So what I do is I come in and I act as your advocate. And it's a really great balance between that not having a CMO and not having that, right? And so that's what I do in a nutshell. That's awesome. So there's so much there that you said that's amazing that I love. But I want to go back, rewind a little bit. Because it's funny, I didn't know you worked at a newspaper. That's where I got my start, too. And that's actually how I fell in love with ads. Yes. And and watching ones which worked, which didn't work, which one had the best ad copy. It just became, like, so scientific. So what did you do at the newspaper? So I did design and layout of the newspaper, mostly designed the ads. Again, I was young, just starting, and I actually have a very <laughs> embarrassing story about that, if we can get a little candid and I can say a little bit of a risky word, but I created the ads and then I was in the pagination room, basically, and they pasted ads onto large sheets and then it went into them sheets right. and there was Ruby Lith involved mm-hmm. and there was like, you name it, this is, I'm dating myself bad. No, but I think the, the cool thing about that, and because. I understand how many levels and how many layers it takes to become creative, this marketing thing. Yeah. And just even experiencing that whole thing, you understand the process from a different um, point of view. At the end of the day, 
marketing is all about conversion. If mm-hmm. you can't create content that converts, it, it's worthless. If you can't create a campaign that converts, it's worthless. But I, I thought it was cool that that you started in that space. Um, and, and, and I just wanted to talk about that because I, I just love that part of your story because it's like, when you're putting in the mastery hours to become great at this marketing thing, you don't even think of the little things that you did that you thought had nothing to do with anything at all, but then you realize it all ties in together oh, yeah. and it all comes together. So you want to hear my embarrassment? Yeah, yeah, of right? course, of course. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Th- there's no kids that listen to this, is there? They're high school kids. Okay, then they will <laughs> love this. Okay. I am about 21 years old, Okay. And I am working on I now back in the in that room you had it was like that's all you did all day long was make ads. So you, the second you finished designing one ad, there was another request for another one. That's all you did, and you they would pile up and you would just go through them and design ads. And then they would go off. They would get proofread by the the proofreader. And then if there was any changes, it would come back into your pile. You'd pick it up, make the changes. It's like a, a whole system, okay? So I was designing an ad, and again, you're banging out like tons at a time. Designing an ad for some, it was some political ad for in town something, or I don't know what it was, state or city council, I have no idea, okay, but it was a political ad. And the public was invited to it. And so it was like an invitation, and he purchased ad space to invite the public to, to come meet him or what have you. Great, I designed it, public invited, here's the date, here's the time, here's where it's gonna be, here's blah, 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 this is why. Okay, great. Send it off to get proofread. Now, in this woman's defense, this lovely woman probably should not have been working anymore, okay? <laughs> but she really loved to work. She didn't want to be alone at home, okay? We loved her. Past the proofreading stage. So listen, <laughs> at once it passes go. the proofreading stage, right. people, okay? It is out of my hands. <laughs> I cannot be held responsible. Now, this was a daily paper. So the next, I don't remember, a couple days later when it gets ran, the newspaper director comes flying into the back of the room, <laughs> oh, into no. the back in the pagination, and says, who did this ad? And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm 21. <laughs> I'm the youngest one in there. I have no idea what was wrong, what's going on. He called, and he's irate. This could ruin his whole campaign. And I'm like, what is it? It didn't say public invited. It said pubic invited. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Mike, you want to talk about a great start to your graphic design career? Oh, yeah. Oh, he was not happy. I was like... Did he win? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. But I tell you, that is something I'll never forget. And I'm like, if you could have screwed anything up on this ad... That's what you did, right? That's it. My poor proofreader, of course, she was like, oh, I'm sorry, but that was, I'll never, I really, I check my work now. See, all the skills stack. Now that's why when you make your amazing posts, never any typos. Yeah, don't ever say never. (laughs) None of you. No, no pubic. Oh, Oh, God. I'm sorry, Mike. You didn't want me to bring this to your podcast. Here we are. It was good. I I love it. I love it. It's up my alley. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about, because one of the things a lot of the listeners struggle with, and you hinted at it already when you go in, is budgets. Yeah. Creating a marketing budget. How does someone create a marketing budget? Where do they start? And how do you breach that topic that could be so sensitive for some business owners? That's a really great question. It can happen several ways. I've gone into companies that have been operating 
So for several years, they've been operating without a budget. So in that situation, what I'll do is I'll pull last year's numbers. I have them pull last year's numbers, and I'm like, give me anything that you categorized under marketing last year, right? I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to take that, what you spent, I'm going to filter it because there's a lot of stuff in there, a lot of fluff and a lot of things you probably should not have spent on. And I'm going to reformat it, going to give you some projections for this year, and we're going to put your budget together, okay? It's going to be a lot cleaner. You're going to save some money, I promise you. It's not going to be what you spent last year because last year you spent it frivolously. So that's one way. Starting from scratch is another, right? When you're a business and you got nothing and you're like, this is it. This is day one of my business. I have nothing to pull on. That's a little trickier. And it really just depends on what your projected sales are, mm-hmm. right? And there's a percentage there. And and then the smaller the business, right? That's the other, but that's the other thing too. The smaller the business, the, the, the more afraid they are to spend money. Right. And I have never been afraid to spend money on marketing. My husband is a real estate agent, and I help market him. And I think we spent $11,000 last year in marketing. That is for one real estate agent. That's not a walk-in business. Right. That's not a, right? That is, and when I say that to people, that is like, they nearly have a heart attack. Yeah. But you said it when we sat down. Hey, I've seen your husband. You're doing a really great job. Guess why, Mike? It's because of the marketing. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. When I, I was looking at my P&L, and, and we did close to 50K that we spent in marketing standout truck last year. Yeah. And people go, Mike, do you have a billboard truck? Yeah, and I still have to market myself. It doesn't, people, the clients just don't magically um, come up. And, I, I, and the budget is super important, but then, like you said, you spent that 11K. It wasn't necessarily the number, it's what you spent it on, because sometimes... Small businesses, like you said, they're afraid to spend the money. And the reason I believe they're afraid to spend the money is because, one, they have to see a return. Mm-hmm. So when I'm working with smaller businesses, with my agency, because I'm so empathetic towards them, because I, I remember being in that space and I know what that feels like. So I'm always like, let's start with your marketing messages. Let's figure out what what's a message is going to convert. Because... If you say they had a five thousand dollar budget for the year, mm-hmm. that I mean that could go really. You could, you could, yep. we could spend that. I could, we could hit click right now and spend that. Right. Um, but if you starting with a smaller budget and okay, if I say this and this to this group of people, they'll go and do that. Then you start in a formula, and then now you know. Okay, when I spend. two hundred dollars or whatever, it normally turns into this and. Small business or big business, it's the same thing. So if it's a bigger business and they have fifty thousand a month to spend, well, when we spend twenty thousand dollars, this and this happens. So like it's always it's the same thing. So the scary thing's not really the number. Uh-huh. The thing is creating those messages and those campaigns that make the most sense. Like I tell my clients, it, I have one hundred and fifty solutions. So when I ask my client what's their budget, is not for me to run the number up. Is okay, cool. We could do these five things with that budget, or we could do these 120 things yep. with this budget. Yep. So it's really, you know, understanding that. Yeah, and that is, and you just hit on something, and that's why um, what I do is super beneficial, right? So because when I come in as a fractional CMO or a director, I can say that. I can say, what is your budget outside of paying me, right? Forget it. My fee's done, right? Now, now I'm in the office. I'm already paid, right? 
I want to know what your budget is. And mm-hmm. and they now they feel safer telling me their budget because I they know I'm not going to upsell them on anything. I want right. to know their budget because I want to make sure that they're spending it appropriately with their marketing agency or on the digital ads for the place down the street that runs digital ads. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why what I do is is really great for the medium to larger size businesses where they're like, okay, I don't have to fear telling you what my budget is. So, it's a scary thing. Yeah. You know, it's just, and, on, and it shouldn't be. It should be an honest conversation. But what happens, typical agency or typical sales rep comes in, they don't care what your conversion is. That salesperson cares about the sales goal for the month. So if they go, oh, man, I, I got to get up to 300000 in sales. Okay, man, if I could get these people today at 50000 then I'm almost and, – and that's wrong because if – and I promise you the reason why my clients stay with me because I make it so clear. And I'm going to just forget the agency clients. I'm going to just go stand out to our clients, right? So if I go – they go, Mike, okay, I have a $15,000 budget for this campaign. I want to use it all on standout truck. And I go, that doesn't make sense. So you should take a piece of that for standout truck, put a piece on TV, put a piece on radio, put a piece here, because what happens is these people that you look in the reach, now you have a full campaign, and then you could, you're hitting them at, at, at multiple touch points. That's much more likely to lead to greater conversion than we just using the, the truck at, at the top of the funnel or at the bottom of the funnel to remind them. Yep. Let's make it more comprehensive. But that's why... I wanted you on here because I, I need more people to know they need people like you where they could have these just honest conversations, just, okay, what's the number? Because that number, that dictates what you can do. It doesn't make a difference if it's a dollar. If it's a dollar, you could do the, the dollar strategy. If it's a million, then you could do the million-dollar strategy. So I, I love how you said that and how you broke that down. Yeah, yeah. I And it's funny because I just put up a Instagram post this morning about Henry Ford once said something. I won't quote it specifically or exactly, but it said basically like stopping your advertising is like to, or to try to save money. Stopping your advertising, whatever, is like trying to stop time. To, yeah. well, I don't know. There's a quote yeah, there. I don't but know. it's don't pay. It's when sales are down, the first department to get cut marketing is marketing and it should be the last Mm -hmm. when sales are down you should be doubling down on your marketing Mm -hmm. and if sales are down and you are spending a really good chunk of marketing you need someone to come in and say okay we're gonna look at this because clearly you haven't been spending in the right spot right that's the thing so it's not about taking your marketing and cutting it right it's we need a different strategy. That's it. We need to spend it somewhere else. We need to, whatever, maybe it wasn't enough. They're not spending enough. Maybe True. They're spending $1,000 a month and they've got a $10 million in sales coming in. That's not enough. That's not enough. <laughs> or they're spending $1,000 a month on, a, on SEO and they're in a competitive right. space. And maybe you need to generate 40,000 clicks to get the eight right. sales. But let's just say, but you're not doing that. You're just throwing money away. But, but I, I'm getting clicks. Yeah, but you... Is volume. Uh-huh. So that's, and I, I think what you're doing is going to help so many business owners and marketing professionals that run marketing for companies because you get to be their Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. You get to help them really see it from a safe space. Because 
like I said, they got so many these snake oil salespeople, or they they have so many people just have that their own agendas. It literally messes up their marketing, and marketing has to be from a space where you can analyze and assess everything. Because marketing is always testing and tweaking and all these other things. If it was as simple as you walking in and go, okay, let's do this, just this, and you see this much conversion or this much return on your ad spend, ad spend, you a trillionaire. Yeah. But it's understanding what's working, what's not working, and from a non-objective standpoint to make those correct changes. Yep. Yeah. And I've been on the other end of these phone calls, right? I've been in the positions that these people are in where the marketing agency is saying, no, you need to spend more, you need to spend more, you need to spend it on this. You need Luckily, I have always been able to say, no. No, I don't. And so I want to take that knowledge and I want to be able to help other people so that they are not being swindled, if you will. And that is not, now let me back up. That's not to say that every marketing agency out there is trying to swindle you. No, no. Right? You know, at the end of the day, they need to make money too. So we just want to make sure that the information is accurate, that you actually do need to spend more money, right? And and I do it in a way, believe me, I make very good friends with these marketing agencies. They they all love me. I'm still good friends with everybody. Yeah, me too. There's some decent yeah. ones out there. And then there's some that aren't. Yeah. And so all the work that I do with marketing and cupcakes and what I share is just to help the business owners and the professionals identify the difference between both. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I wanted you on because just I promise you in the last 10, 15 minutes when you were tell, just talking about marketing, this has been a breath of fresh air to people listening because they normally hear the BS and you get, you, you, you get that icky feeling like, man, I think they're trying to trick me. But I could tell. Your clients love you because you have their best interests at heart. At the end of the day, if someone's approaching you and then their interest is for them to get for them to get the bonus versus for you to get conversion, right. that's two different ball games. Yeah. So that's what I mean by that. Like I said, in the area and in, in the industry as as a whole, we have some really great people and then we got some suckers. So yeah. just it is what it is. Yeah. Buy beware. And having worked in automotive for 10 years and the cannabis industry, there is no cannabis marketing agencies around here, right? And the automotive agencies are the same thing. Automotive agencies, these are national agencies, Mm -hmm. right? And I am bringing to our little area here this, the experience of negotiating and dealing with these very large, very big national marketing agencies. This is a totally different ballgame. Totally different ballgame. It's not, I know who I'm talking to on the other end of the phone because I see her at the coffee shop every Friday. This is different. These are big these are people I meet in Vegas and conferences, and mm-hmm. they're, we're talking the big guys that make a lot more money than I do. <laughs> yeah. But see, even there, you just dropped a gem. Being able to, because see, what you do is about marketing. It's if we're talking about candy, is if you a candy expert, I don't care what part of the world you are, you're going to be able to break down candy. Like when you're really great at what you do, when you put in a room with anybody in that industry, you'll hold your own. And then the people that aren't able to do that are normally the ones that's selling the dream. And once again, I'm, I'm going to keep reiterating this point because I always need my listeners to understand. And everybody that, that I teach, not everyone uses my agency. But what they what I get a lot is, Mike, thanks for saying this because I didn't even realize X, Y, Z was happening. And that's all I want. I want people to be informed. And I want people to be able to make great decisions because, like you said, marketing leads to sales. And the reason the marketing department is getting cut is because they can't quantify what the marketing's doing, but they're paying for it. And that happens when you have the wrong people in charge of your budget. You have the wrong people advising you on your campaigns, and you have the wrong people just 
overall putting together campaigns and marketing messages for you that don't convert. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm just trying to show the value of listening to someone like you coming in and understanding like, oh, wow, she's okay. She's coming from a different perspective. I get it. Yes, a very different perspective for sure. So what else do you do besides consulting? In addition to that, we do group trainings. So I'll sit with your team for eight hours. We'll go through everything, things like that, or a week I'll spend. I do speaking engagements, things like that. And I've got a a big network of top-notch consultants that work with me. It's awesome. Let me tell you, when I say I'm a perfectionist, I am. And uh, not everyone I allow to work under my name. (laughs) You have to. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about Do More and what it is and how it came to be. And talk to me like I'm nine. I don't know. I know nothing about nothing. Just tell me all about it. Yeah. So Do More. I hadn't even mentioned the name yet. So Do More. Do More.com. It's D-O-M-O-R-R-E.com. Two R's. Two R's. And really, I landed on that name because I was really sick and tired of CEOs saying to do more with less. That's all you hear all the time. And I was like, fine, I am going to do more. I'm going to go do more myself. <laughs> that second R's <laughs> for second all the hours. more. So that's basically where that came from. And it was really because I had owned an agency, because I did the marketing, I did the social posts, I did the website buildings, I did digital ad campaigns, I did it all. And that's really not where my passion is. Right. I get it, right? You need all of these things. But again, going back to what we were just talking about, I was seeing so many people getting ripped off or not spending it where they should be spending it, not necessarily getting ripped off, but just not getting the best ROI. And I was like, they really need someone to come in and help them. They really need someone on their side. So I call myself an advocate because I'm really advocating for you guys and sitting on those conversations and having make me the bad guy. I'll be the bad guy on the other end of the the phone with the marketing agency. Something just came to my mind Mm -hmm. that you're really good at and actually really great at. And I've just watching you do what you do, you're great at creating cohesive campaigns that work well together across multiple platforms. And I I don't know if you know how valuable that is, but it's super valuable and it's something that very few people in marketing pull off, especially as a consultant. I know some of the dispensaries that you've done stuff for, and then, and I know some of the campaigns that you had in mind that they didn't run with. And I, and every time, because like I follow, I watch, and, I, and and I'm like, man, if they go with, that's what they need. Yeah. Oh, that's what they need. And then they end up doing dumb stuff that's not going to convert. I hope your clients understand that the value you bring in being able to create cohesive campaigns that convert to customers, we might might call you cohesive crystal because you, <laughs> you, you kill it when you do that. So I, I want to ask you about that. Where does that come from? Like, how do you, how are you able to put the type campaigns that you put together? Like, how do you do it? And because it's so smooth. And, it's, and if you're not a marketer, you'll miss so much of what you do, but you dot your I's and you cross your T's when you're putting together a campaign. Where does that come from? I know you said you're perfectionist, but just yeah. jump yeah. into that. Definitely the perfectionism, but also I think it's honestly the graphic designer in me coming out because I understand the value of something being consistent time and time again because that is when that is going to start getting recognized, mm-hmm. which is one of the things that I've always loved about you, Mike, is just everything. You live the brand, right? It's no joke. And people don't understand that, right? So we've got a ton of people out there now putting together Canva campaigns, which 
is great. I am so glad that they have that tool, but right. they got to be consistent with it, right? So they'll pick this template over here on Tuesday, and then they're using this template on Monday. It's a different font. It's different colors. It's different this. So picture it like this. Every single time someone sees a new template, new font, new nothing, it's a, a new brand they're mm -hmm. looking at, right? Mm -hmm. Relearn. Or you could use the same template, same fonts, same colors over and over and over and over again. And then it starts to get to the point that I don't even need to read this. Second, just glance off the corner of my eye. I already know that's Mike. Right. I already know. Right. Right. Because it's the brand. So that's how I is going on in the back of my head every single time I'm building anything. Mm. Right. Any of my businesses, any of my client stuff. I don't care if I'm working on a presentation that's going to be behind me on a it's all branded the exact same way. So right. then when you see that presentation behind me, you're going to go on to Instagram and the everything there is going to look like that. It's it's got to be consistent. Yeah. Think of the greats like Coca-Cola. Mm. Red's in my head right now. Yes, McDonald's. Like Yep. I mean, Red and yellow. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> Golden arches. Yeah, and it's that's what they did. Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. Yes, and Orange pink. and pink. Yeah. Yep. Hot pink. <laughs> That was always a funny. That always got me. I'm like, man, who chose hot pink? It works. I love yeah. it. I love the colors. Stands together, out. Even back when they chose it, it wasn't like a color combo that was like yeah. popular. No, you're right. Yeah. It was funny. It was funny. Like when you look back at these brands in the beginning before they understood it, the branding and the consistency, yep. it was like so sloppy. Yeah. And then you see when they, you could tell at which point they brought someone in like you. Yeah. And then everything changes. Yep. Like even if you, like, and for the listeners, don't believe anything I say. I just <laughs> go back and choose any brand and go like the history of you know, McDonald's logo and just look at what it looked like before. And then you could see, I promise you, you'll see the point when they brought a Dumore in and it shifted. And yep. then you'll just see it. And then and for, for those just starting, just know is a process. But the quicker you get to the point where you bring in accurate consultants like Kristen, like she said, she's going to hurt your feelings a little bit because things are going to have to change. But it's, it's not for the worse. It's for the better. This is even a simple cheat code. Just using the same hex code for your colors yep. oh, every yes. time. It's just something it's as simple brand, as that. Right? Yep. It's mm -hmm. part of the brand. You got, it's got to be the same red. It's not a different red. It's not a maroon and then a fire truck red. It's got to be the same red. Exactly. Exactly the same. Are you like me? I get commercial envy sometimes. I'll be watching TV, right? And you know what commercials I love is the progressive commercials. Uh, yeah. They talk about the parents. Yeah, being, yeah, oh, yeah. my God. You can't I, stop you from becoming your parent. Yeah. I get so <laughs> jealous that I was not in that room when that idea came I about. Know, I like know. I get any time a really fantastic idea comes on TV, one. I'm oh. like, oh, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's I I, I get a little fangirlish, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to know the team that worked right. on this because that is awesome and that is. And then do you ever have the question in your head? This is the other thing that goes through my head. Okay, so what CEO, who was the CEO that have said, okay, I'll Let's run with it. that? Because there's some things that are like really risky and you're like, whoa, oh. I could never get that approved by this with the CEOs <laughs> that I'm working with or whatever. And you're like, yes. And I always want to give a high five to these yeah. people that are op being open-minded, allowing their creative team to be creative and allowing the most ridiculous thing, the most ridiculous idea that's thrown on the table to actually 
come into something and develop into something. And I like I get commercial envy all the time. I love it. I, I think great points, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I think the CEOs that approved that they used to be graphic designers. <laughs> <laughs> or they, or, or I, here's what I here's my opinion. I think those type CEOs are more right brain thinkers. Yes. I think the left brain thinkers they get is too just too strict and stringent. And you see a lot of it when Super Bowl time, and then you see those ads, and then sometimes. It's funny that you said the, the, the progressive ad, because I was talking with a guy today in the VentureX lobby. He's an attorney. He said, hey, Mike, and he's, you know what day it is? You know what day it is? He goes into the hump day, because yep. that, that Geico commercial, yep. right? Yep. So, and that ad hasn't ran in years. But when you, like how I write ads, my formula is A-M-J-C. So A is to attract attention. Then I go into market and messages. Then I go into justification of following my call to action. So I think a lot of the really cool ads, that A&M is just so amazing. Sometimes you forget the, the company and you start, like you start, what? And, but then the justification, like you said just now, you was like, yeah, the, 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 don't be your parent ad. And we go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That, that happens under the justification. And then them start hitting these points. Here's, you rarely remember what it is that they do. Right. But you could associate insurance and then, okay, this thing, what that thing with what they did. And I love it. And, and, and I agree with you. I, I used to, it was a show called The Pitch. The Pitch, I think it used to come on A&E. You got to go watch it. There's these agencies that were competing against each other for bigger accounts. And then you go and you see the creative process, how they come up with the ads. And I, I, it doesn't come on anymore, but you can still watch them. But yeah, I love that stuff, man. Yeah. I think that's oh, you can imagine it with a team of 30, 40 people where you can stay create. Oh, I know you. You're well on your way there with what you're building, though. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Like, I really, I'm really looking forward to diving in and helping people. Like, I've got a really nice client list right now, and I really want to expand. and And there's so many more people out there that need help. Yeah, it's coming. I think you doing what you do. I know you. You're speaking more. You're working yeah. on a book. You got all sorts of really cool stuff. I listen. I think for you, people just got to know you exist, and you're doing that. And I, what I love best is how you're a dynamic marketer. You know how to put yourself out there over overnight, and to watch you build it organically, and watch you just letting the work show itself and prove itself. I think that's what's going to make you even last longer than some quick click campaign to drive people to this landing page that has all this marketing messages that they want to hear. No, I, I love the fact that you're going in and saying, you know, let's audit everything. Let's build it. Let's see what's working, what's not working. That's going and doing tough work because people don't want to hear that. Yeah. People hate change. So I'm pulling for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I'm all about the thinking outside the box. Because that's the other thing about these agencies. They're like, you need an SEO campaign. You need digital ads. You need a new website. You need this. You need that, right? And you need an email strategy. You need social camp. And I'm like, okay, yeah, great. Though, yes, you do need those things. But, guys, that's not it. Right. You know what I mean? There is a whole grassroots campaign to this. There is building relationships. There is thinking outside the box. There's holding events. There is shaking hands and kissing babies. There is a whole thing. And there's a whole component where sales and marketing need to work together. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has died off. It's crazy. And it's not being done as – like it used to be in the 80s or the 90s, right? right? Because it's, oh, I just run some digital ads. <laughs> okay, good. We we do want you to do that, but there's a lot more. Right. No, I remember when I was – you had me come in and, and sharing with, you, with, you, with your team about just like how I do what I do. And I thought one of the cool things was that you did that. So is 
so many things that have nothing to do with marketing that turns into marketing that turns into sales. Right. Right. And if you understand, and a lot of people miss that because they, yeah, they think it's like a textbook thing and it's not. I was actually having a, a conversation with a, a, with a leader in the area and we were talking about kids coming out of, of college now and all they want to do is connect with everybody on LinkedIn. I'm connected with this person on LinkedIn, this person, and this yeah. person. And it's okay, it serves a purpose, but. It, no. Did you go meet that person? Did you f- find out ways that you could assist that person? Did you display your strengths to that person? Did you make suggestions? Did you build the relationship? So, like, but that's, that's so cool what you said there. Sometimes it's about all the other stuff that has nothing to do with marketing. It has everything to do with marketing. Yep. Yep. It really so. does. It really does. So before we wrap up, yeah. you got to talk, you got to tell me about Perception is reality in in that story and what that means. So a lot of going back to you talking about how I launch myself and I get myself out there, right? So one of the biggest marketing strategies, I don't know if it's a strategy, but it's a a concept, a thing that I keep in the back of my mind. And I used this all the time when my team was working for me at Splash Marketing. I would say, remember, guys, perception is reality. And they were like, they'd roll their eyes, Lena, because I would say it (laughs) at least 10 times a day. Because... How you are perceived is the reality, right? There is no other story other than how you're perceived. And the story about how this really came into my life was I was working at Belize. I was in our marketing department. I don't remember at the time. There's probably seven of us or whatever. And we worked in cubicles, right? And so it was like a little hamster cage. We all had our little cubicles. And I happened to walk over and I sat on one of their desks, my coworker's desk, right? And we were talking work. I'm like, okay, so if you do this campaign, then I can create this graphic to go with it. And if you, okay, and then you're going to send out this email, right? We're talking, like I'm strategizing here. I'm just happen to be sitting on the edge of his desk while I'm doing it. So next day, my boss calls me in the office and I love this man. I still do. He's the best boss I've ever had, uh, VP of marketing over there. And he's, hey, just want to let you know, don't sit on the desks. And I'm like, what? Why? What's going on? And he's a COO walked by, saw you sitting on the desk and doesn't think you're working or doing anything. (laughs) He goes, perception's reality. Perception's reality. And I was like, son of a, because I really was. I was working my ass off like I always do, right? But that's not what he saw. So it really stuck with me that how you are perceived is the Mm -hmm. reality, right? So now when I use that when I'm launching my clients, if they're starting a new business and I launch them, I launch them as if they have been doing this and they have been in this business and their campaigns and their brand and their visuals, they are buttoned up like this. Like we make sure you've got followers on your Mm -hmm. pages. Like Mm -hmm. we make sure that your website is not like you threw it together that's the thing. You got to have professional photography done. You've got like this, it, it's oh. got to be legit because the perception is reality. 1000%. And so if you come across like you got your stuff together and you're not faking it because you do, mm-hmm. you're going to be perceived like, okay, this is someone I want to do business with. And that leads to conversion. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Per- perception is reality. Reality is money in the bank. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be making your little flyers on like Word and going getting them Xerox copied, okay? Like no. we, you got some work to do. We got to your perception is everything. Which goes back to what you said about having the right budget yes. so then you could have the right strategy so yes. you could attract the right clients. Yes. Make sure you're putting that marketing budget and when you get that business loan, 
make sure that marketing is in there because a lot of people forget it. Just 1,000%. Preach. Yeah. Crystal, you're so amazing. Once again, before we wrap up, tell people how they could find you, how they could work with you. And and actually, tell everybody who's a great client for you. (sighs) Oh, gosh, almighty. First, you can find me at domore.com, two R's. D-O-M-O-R-R-E.com. Also, I'd love a follow on Instagram, Do More Group on Instagram. I just literally got the thing up and going the other day so I could use some follows. And the perfect client for mine, for me, again, is medium business, right? Now, the small guys, I love you. Give me a call. I will absolutely help you out. But those, the fractional CMO businesses like they that really need me, those are the medium-sized businesses. They have a marketing department, but they've got a marketing coordinator, maybe a social person, maybe a marketing manager, but it's young and they're ready. They're ready to take it to the next level. There's something there that's missing, right? And they need a little help. They need a little push. They need, they're feeling like it's, they're blocked. Something's not right. Those are my clients. Got it. Yeah. So if you're a medium business, it's not even somewhat of a small business, with a marketing team, and you realize that you have a bottleneck in your marketing, give Crystal a call. The best way to reach her, like she said, is go to domore.com, two R's. And I, and I don't endorse too many people and put my stamp of approval, but if I, Crystal's the real deal, and she cares about your business, and she cares about conversion, and she cares about results. You're going to pay her her fee. Like she said, I already got paid, so let's do the rest with this budget and make everything right. So I've been, like I said, I've been a fan for years. Crystal's I, I is so great to interview you. It's so great to hang with you. so great watching you do what you do. And you never talked about like how you was killing it on TikTok before everybody oh, else was that's killing another it on TikTok. podcast episode. <laughs> that's another one. Yeah, if you want to see all my silly antics, that's Crystal and Billy on TikTok. I apologize now. <laughs> awesome. Crystal, this was great. Until next week, next time, next podcast. Time is the most valuable commodity. Thank you for spending some time with us. Visit marketingacupcakes.com. Peace.